The opinions expressed are solely those of the program producer or sponsor and not those of NRG Media LLC. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil, the Mighty1290Coil.com, and the Mighty 1290 Coil mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. Hope you're having a great week. We have an unbelievable show coming up on the program uh, coming up here this week on America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the things uh, related to uh, the access problem uh, in uh, in healthcare reform, as well as uh, helping to solve the primary care problems at the bottom of the hour. But we're going to be uh, talking about uh, a, a component of healthcare that uh, many people might not be completely aware of, but uh, you need to be aware of because uh, we've got some exciting news here in uh, Omaha uh, about a new college uh, of school of or it used to be called the School of Ally Health Professionals, but now the college. Uh, officially, uh, after the process of getting accredited, is happening June, July 1st. And we're joined uh, to start as our first guest is Kyle Meyer, the Senior Associate Dean of the School of Allied Health Professionals, friend of mine, friend of the program. Uh, great to have you here. Hope you're doing doing well. Uh, how's it going? Sean, things are going great. It's great to be here. Thanks you for ch- having me. I can me. just tell excited how, how excited you are just about uh, the news of of this college. It's been quite the process, hasn't it? Yeah, a lot going on. Um, you know, the School of Allied Health Professions in our University of Nebraska system, your listeners may not know, schools are organizational units within colleges. So our school has been a unit within the College of Medicine since it started in 1972, so okay. o- over 40 years. But under the direction of medicine, the school has really seen tremendous growth in number of students, number of programs, research dollars coming in. And so uh, this last year, Chancellor Gold and, Ch- and Dr. Brittigan and I, the, the Med Center, put forward a proposal to the Board of Regents to create an independent or a freestanding College of Allied Health Professions. Wow. So, like, uh, what is an allied health profession? <laughs> I guess that's kind of the first question that people that might have. And, it's, and I guarantee uh, they'll be surprised if they were to ask that question because it's folks that probably have cared for them already. Absolutely. I can, I can bet that that would be true. And that's the, actually the first question that anybody asks me when they find out oh, what sure. I do. So. Uh, generally speaking, you know, there are about 100 to 200 health or health-related professions that fit under this umbrella of allied health. We obviously don't have all 200 at the Med Center, but we have 12. I'll tell you about those in a little bit. But the allied health professions are uh, those professions that actually collectively estimated make up about 60% of the healthcare workforce in the U.S. Oh, really? Wow. So guaranteed your listeners have met with or seen or been wor- had an allied health professional work with them. Um, lots of ways to think about defining those. One by exclusion may be the easiest. Most of your listeners probably have seen a dentist, a doctor, a nurse, and a pharmacist. Sure. Everybody else is allied health. Really? Yeah, okay. so that's a, that's a definition of exclusion. Um, the federal government defines allied health in two kind of major categories. Groups of people that do treatment and diagnosis. So that might be people like occupational therapists, physical therapists, mm. athletic trainers, and then another group of people who run really highly sophisticated technology 
that derives diagnostic data. So those might be people like x-ray technologists. We call those folks radiographers. Sure. People who run MRI machines. Lots of people in the laboratory who run machines to derive uh, diagnostic data. So that's a pretty global definition. I might tell you that all of those professions that fit into that category, each of them has a unique set of knowledge and a unique contribution. Most, uh, all of them have a licensing or certifica uh, certification process um, at the end of the curriculum. So they all do some special, unique component of healthcare, but we lump them all under this big umbrella. Interesting, interesting. And do they all have different time periods of training and, and so on and so forth? Yeah, varies from uh, in some allied health professions, uh, you, know, you know, even just a few weeks. Now, of course, at the med center, we only provide bachelor degrees and above. So our programs vary in length. We don't take any freshman entry-level students. So they come to us having done some prerequisite work at another accredited university. Mm. But in our programs, they last anywhere from a year to three years. And then we give anywhere from a bachelor's. Some of our programs are master's degrees. Our physical therapy program, for instance, gives a professional doctorate degree, so they call it a DPT degree. Hmm. So students graduating from that are doctors of physical therapy. So ha ha has um, the role of allied health professions in the healthcare workforce grown in the last 50 years? I've got to imagine it's just been an Exponential. Yeah, yeah, right. Changed dramatically. You know, all of these professions started in some fashion to assist physicians, uh, the physician colleagues in either to help, helping with treatment or helping to derive diagnostic information that physicians use to make diagnosis. Uh, but the, as the knowledge has grown and as the role of these various individuals has grown, they've taken on, some, in some instances, more autonomous roles, still partnering as, on the, as a member of the healthcare team, but able to do more things independently. Uh, and of course, then that we've grown professions as we've grown knowledge and as there's new technologies, you know, so 50 years ago, we didn't have MRI machines. So now we have MRI machines and, they, and we have to have specialized personnel to run those, MRI technologists. Right, and so that, right. that's, yeah, so they've grown dramatically. We're talking with Kyle Meyer, Senior Associate Dean at the UNMC School of Allied Health Professionals, soon to be College of Allied Health Professionals. You were mentioning, Kyle, a little bit about um, some of the autonomy that, that folks in the, in, the, in the school or, you know, professionals out there are having. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and uh, maybe some of the roles that they could do to help solve kind of these workforce shortages we're facing right. as a nation? Yeah, huge workforce shortages and, and huge access problems, as no doubt you have talked about on your show, I know, yeah. many times. Well, so, you know, many of these professionals, some of them, as I said, have uh, opportunities to actually create independent practice models. So physical therapy, and there's a lot of physical therapy practices in the city that are independent True. practice models, and your listeners may be familiar with them. Lots of times physical therapists work for hospitals or at hospitals or at schools, but they're, they have the opportunity to set up their own independent practices. Most of our other allied health professionals work w in a hospital system or outpatient system, right? Uh, for uh, and do the kind of things that we were talking about earlier. One of the th one of the professions that I think just has had a um, really dramatic opportunity under healthcare reform are physician assistants. So right. most of your uh, listeners have probably seen or are, are they in with. the school? Yeah. So we have oh, a physician okay. assistant program in the school. One of our two biggest ones. So physical therapy and physician assistant is our, our two biggest programs okay. in our school right now. So they're. Uh, you know, they, they do, uh, as you're, you're probably aware, uh, assist physicians in the delivery of medical care and diagnosis. And they do, you know, many of them work in specialized areas as well, just like physicians. But under uh, um, the Affordable Care Act, I think there's a lot of opportunities to, in, to use physician assistants and, quite frankly, nurse practitioners. Nursing is a different college at UNMC, not in, in our, my particular area, but using those 
what, what people term as mid-level providers to try to pr- increase access for uh, patients? Yeah, that's kind of where I was hoping we would we would go so they could understand that I think that's what's going to absolutely happen is more mid-level, I guess, providers. Cost and is, a, it, it tends to cost a little bit less. Access tends to be quicker. These folks are exceptionally well-educated and trained and then often have, or well, not often, they do have relationships with physicians. So if there are more complicated or complex issues that arise, they're working together as teams to help manage uh, those patients. So yeah, in terms of lowering costs, or, and, and there's actually been a number of very good studies to demonstrate that the care provided by physician assistants and nurse practitioners in terms of the outcomes and the uh, patient satisfaction with that care is equal to the, that of their physician colleagues. Let's like, uh, I, I was just trying to think of an example of uh, maybe a sports injury. I would just think that it would be better to be treated by a, a PT than it would be by a primary care physician, I would think. I mean, well, they all have a different I mean, nothing role, against right? That yeah, person, yeah, no, exactly. And everybody has a, a different role to play. So the, the, the uh, sports injury is a good analogy or a good thing to think about in terms of kind of the roles of all, how all these roles fit together for the delivery of team-based care. So if, if that injury occurs on a playing field and is identified immediately on site, that might be an athletic trainer working there may actually be an EMT that comes if there's any kind of a hospitalization or emergency event, right, right to come in and transport that, uh, that uh, athlete to wherever they might need to be if they need emergency care. They might actually be seen by a physician assistant or emergency room physician right away. If it's not an emergent situation, they may actually be referred from the athletic trainer to their primary care physician for comprehensive review assessment. and referral, right, assessment. If it's an orthopedic condition, they might go from their primary care physician to see an orthopedist. If there's a surgery involved, they would obviously do that. And then on to rehab, probably likely to see a physical therapist or maybe athletic trainer again. So, yeah, this whole is a whole, everybody's got a role to play in delivering comprehensive care in a team-based model. That's right. That's right. That's Kyle Meyer, Senior Associate Dean of UNMC School of Allied Health Professionals. You want to stay for one more segment? Absolutely. Love to. Love to. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more about this neat project they've got going in Kearney and more about what allied health professionals are doing to solve the uh, workforce shortages in uh, America. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge for this interview and more. We'll be right back. (laughs) 